Glenfiddich, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for uh, making us part of your day. Hope you're off to a good start this week. As we uh, look ahead, plenty of golf to talk about across the mainland here as the John Deere Classic is back front and center as we enter into the month of July up there in Moline, Illinois. And then uh, we've got the Live Golf Series Part 2, which is going to be out in close to my neck of the woods, Pacific Northwest, up at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, Oregon. So we're going to have some fun with uh, both of these tournaments is that's the new era folks. This is where we are. You've got to embrace it Two tournaments. The guys are split up. Are you with the PGA tour or are you with live golf? And to help us break that down, Jeff Feinberg's back, Jeff, who are you? You're going to rip your shirt off and have an L I V black shirt with white lettering, like new world, new world order. Like we going back to the Hulk Hogan days. No, that's certainly not going to be me. I like to just, I don't know, whatever, like a lot of people who comment regularly on live, uh, whatever comment I make, it feels like to anyone who responds, I'm on that team at the moment. Um, You know, I have biases in life, like a lot of things, but I I guess, but overall, Travis, I'm just sad because I'm a spoiled North American sports fan. Mm-hmm. And like, we don't grow up with that soccer structure or, you know, so now it's just like the fracturing, the fracturing of it sad, saddens me. I, by no means, I'm not afraid to acknowledge the PGA tours mistakes as they probably slept on things for a long time. Um, and I'm not afraid to, you know, take shots at live and acknowledge, you know, some of the awkwardness that involves there. I don't like to get involved. Uh, you know, the, it's weird that like the Saudi money stuff doesn't bother me as much because I think the world is just this whole giant hypocrisy and that's a game I don't want to play. But at the same time, like some of the players responses, the questions have outraged me. So I'm all, I'm totally all over the map. I'm invested in golf. Um, No, I mean, you more than anybody, Travis, you've literally invested everything in your life in the sport of golf. Not everything correlated to the PGA tour and and betting. I don't even mean it like that, but of Mm -hmm. course, like you're going to, we're going to be passionate. You've invested so much of your, of your time and your life into the PGA tour. So it's okay to like be emotional and care about these things. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's well said. And I mean, I'm in the tour's backyard, I mean, they're literally a mile and a half, two miles down the road here. Uh, you know, just across the intercoastal here into Ponte Vedra Beach. And so I have a lot of close friends there. My wife worked for the PGA Tour for 13 years. I ran the PGA Tour Academies for 10 years. And yeah, like I said yesterday on the podcast. Every business has its shortcomings, its opportunities, things that they didn't do. What bothers me and where I have a hard time coming to grips, Jeff, is when I look at LIV and I look at what they're doing and how they're handpicking these players and they're throwing so much money at them and, and God bless them, go get the money. I am not saying it or, or I am not being critical, go get the money, right? But where I draw the line, is this the best thing for professional golf? Is this model going to be the best thing for professional golf. And I just don't think it is. And that's where I draw the line. Now, does that mean I have to support every decision the PGA tour has ever made in the last 25 years? No, it doesn't. I don't think that makes me a hypocrite. If it does, then so be it. I'm comfortable with that, but I just don't think this is the best thing for professional golf. And that's where I draw the line. I hate seeing these stars split up. I hate seeing the field at the John Deere classic, which is never good. I mean, we're going through a stretch here now over the next month, which is going to be very bumpy for the PGA tour. This is going to be bumpy, bumpy roads for the fields that you're going to be seeing next week, of course, opposite of the open, but up in Detroit, um, Minneapolis at the three M open. I mean, we've got a stretch here. 
And it's going to be very polarizing. What's the, what, the, the month of July post yeah. open, mm-hmm. how it pertains that the PGA tour has a real problem. Um, yeah. that they it's all. And, and what's sad, it's like, they acknowledge they have a problem. They've done nothing. And they're like, we don't know what to do. So mm-hmm. it's very humorous watching them trying to figure this out, kind of doing nothing kind of like, so thinking everything is going to be, Okay, but you are not wrong, Travis. Um, as live now exists, these sorts of fields are going to create some very polarizing discussions ab- about the types of of players in the PGA Tour and its entire construct. But it all comes back to, you know, I, what's the PGA Tour to do? Like they they have great relationship with John Deere, 3M, Rocket yeah. Mortgage. These are the Barbasol. These are preeminent. Um, international companies that any organization of any kind would bend over backwards to get in bed with. Um, you know, so it's like when they tell baseball to make it like 145 games, everything's already kind of bought and paid for, and it's the lifeblood of the sport. So mm-hmm. as it exists, and and we acknowledge lives here to to totally blow up that lifeblood model, I guess, but and I'm not here to say I'm smart enough to have the answers. I do not. But something's got to be done. And July, as you said, it's going to be sharks swimming in the water big time around a, a pontoon boat. Well, they talk about the fall series, right? And something that's going to have to happen there. But I, I think they're going to have to put their eyes on the July series or whatever you want to call it. Because look out. I mean, we're going into a tournament where Adam Hadwin is the favorite as we come on the air at 11 to one. And um, so that's a, that's an issue. I love Adam had one fellow Canadian up there for you. Uh, love his coach, you know, and, and Mark Blackburn and love the the way he's playing right now. But Adam had one can't be the favorite going into a PGA tour event. So anyway, that's, that's, that's neither here or there. I kind of jokingly open up the show with who you with you with PGA tour, you with live. That's kind of what it is. And you have to make a decision. I've been talking with a lot of players um, on the podcast. Yeah. You got to draw a line and there's a division there. I think Xander yesterday made the decision that he's going to stay with the PGA tour. I think the world was lifted off him and I think he played free golf and went out and, and got a win. Now I think Sahith, um, you know, made a mistake there and trying the shot he did out of the bunker, but he kind of handed it to him in some ways, making double was a little bit easier for Xander. But I, I do think some of these guys are starting to come to peace with their decision and they'll free him up and they'll play better golf. And I think Xander kind of fit into that boat. Let me ask you this before we get to the John Deere, the lives up in pumpkin Ridge. Um, I actually played pumpkin Ridge in a tournament in junior golf, like back in well, shit. I want to say like <clears throat> 1990, 91. I don't remember anything about it. I do know the U S women's open was there um, in 97 and 2003. I remember that the men's U S am was there. I remember in 96, I graduated high school in 95. Um, And you know, good looking golf course just Northwest of Portland. And it's interesting. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that are not happy that this event is there. Um, in the Portland community, the Saudi back money with this tour. But when you look at this field, which is, you know, look, it, it's, there's no question. This is a better field, right? Headlined by DJ Brooks and, and Bryson. I mean, yes, it's only 40 some odd players, but you look at this field, you look who's committed, uh, who's drawn the line, who, who's the biggest surprise to you right now in the names that you look at have went to the live. Technically, while I shouldn't be surprised, it remains Brooks Kepka. I mean, in theory, yes. What is a more perfect situation so long as he could still play the majors? Um, so long as he could still play the majors. We, you know, he had this attitude of I don't care about other events, I can still play the majors. But in the totality, Travis of his February comments, his U.S. Open comments. Now, let me backtrack a little. I understand Dustin Johnson made comments in February saying he was committed to the PGA Tour. But his comments essentially ended at, I love the PGA Tour. It's done so much for me. I'm committed to it. End of comment. Brooks used that Riviera February time to make that comment 
and then throw in another paragraph literally making fun of anyone who was a big enough loser to leave follow that up with the u.s open comments Mm -hmm. which is like i the only unacceptable answer to anything live related is you why do you care stop asking me that to me that was the only answer mm-hmm. you could say i'm going for them you could say anything you could say i'm pga ended the only answer from any player that i found reprehensible and unacceptable was like why do you care it's not important no as we said off the top we've all invested a lot into yeah. pro golf it's actually important and i'm a fan like it just it is what it is it's actually important to me mm-hmm. so that was like the red line that i hated and this was a guy that sold himself as being different now he shares a locker room with 60 40 40 guys that he wouldn't think could hold his jock strap like everything he built up what he was like just to me goes out the window so i'm actually the most surprised he left despite you would argue it being the most conducive to his mindset still i'm mm-hmm. surprised yeah, it, it's I don't I, I don't believe a word any of these guys say anymore um, about it, because even when they have signed up to play and the questions come, they still don't know how to answer the questions, <laughs> right? They still don't know how to answer the questions. They're uncomfortable. They're defensive. They look embarrassed. Um, Patrick can't like it doesn't look like a Scott Boris client being introduced on his new team, right? With the owner, yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, and I know it's not the same as team sport, but I keep saying I've never seen guys get a hundred million dollar contract and not like want to hold up a jersey and smile ear to ear. The fans in the other city are angry, they've turned on you, people are mad. That's fine. You're still on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. Ear to ear, everybody, your mom, your wife, your kids, every like in front of cameras. Mm-hmm. You don't care that you're hated in Boston anymore. You don't give a shit. I don't know. These guys still apparently give a shit. <laughs> no one is smiling with their big new deal. No, they're not. Weird. That's kind of why you, that's all you almost need to know that like it's it's weird. Now, now, Travis, at the same time. I get really upset when people who are like hardo, like hard into the bone PGA scoff at Bryson and Brooks leaving. Right. As if, Oh, like they're not one of our golden six. Excuse me. Like it, when Bryson DeChambeau is healthy, he has the skill set to be the best player in the world. When mm-hmm. Brooks Kepka is healthy, we could probably argue there's not a more feared player on a leaderboard in big events than Brooks Kepka. to, to like minimize their departure is is so embarrassing for that like only pga positive points crowd also yep so like yeah i I try i'm guilty of not maybe missing a call but try i'm literally just trying to call it balls and strikes and i think you said it best i just want what is the best for professional golf but i don't think that's live that doesn't i think the pga tour is so flawed and far from perfect but what's best for the future of pro golf, it's not, it's not what Liv is trying to do. No, I, I, I agree. And that's, that's where I come down. And I think when you, when you draw that line and that's the way you go, okay, you can, I think you can, there, there can, both things can be right. I mean, you can, all right, I'm happy for you that you went and got your money. Eugenia Chikara, um, I exchanged DMs with a fair amount. I got to know him at the PXG called showcase last year. Um, I watched him shoot 59 in the practice round. Uh, I mean, this kid is dynamic. He's got a personality. He's the number two collegiate ranked player in the world at Oklahoma state. He was going to come back. And now he decides to forgo all of that and sign with live. And I sent him a DM when he did, I said, Hey, congratulations, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. I only wish the best for you. And, and even though that, that even though that I don't want him to do that, <laughs> I'm still, you know, excited for him and go get it. He's a good kid. And, and he, he, you know, he's influenced by Sergio a fair amount. He helps him with his game. Um, so you hope that this is the right decision. I agree. Brooks, I'm surprised at, I'm surprised with Eugenio. This is, this is now you're tapping into one of the best collegiate players who now is going over there. And I hate that Jeff. I hate it because I want him in the field this week with Pearson Cootie and, 
all of these other young and up and coming players through the stretch in July. And now he's going to live. And that just pisses me off in some ways, but at the same time, both can be true. He probably got paid a nice chunk of money when I was 21, 22 coming out of college and someone offered me, I don't know what he was offered. I have no idea, but I'm going to go ahead and say if James Pyatt was offered what? 6 million somewhere in there. I'm going to say, Jacaro's getting 10 to 15. That's my guess. <laughs> so, yeah, and, you know, and you're probably, <laughs> and again, this is that whole like, yeah, it just brings me back. Like I get it. They take the money. I'm still allowed to be sad that the, the pro league, yeah. the sport yeah. I love at the professional level is being fractured. I liked when the only conversation we would have about moving tours right now would be like, I wonder when the Hogards are moving to Orlando, like, <laughs> right. Like when right. is that, when are they just going to start to try to just be full-time PGA? That was Growing up, that was the only conversation we had, like guessing when that player is going to move to Orlando or Scottsdale mm-hmm. to begin his quest on the PGA Tour because that's where they wanted to play. I, I want to ask you because to me, unless something's been you know unclear, I, I, and I haven't read like fine print of anything, the the, the situations like Chicaro having never been a member of the PGA tour, do those same rules apply? Like if I am that guy, I can look at it, like sign a two, three year deal with live mm-hmm. no different than a college player leaving to help his family in the NBA or NFL, like take that money, play live. And then like, will the road be blocked to him to try to obtain a PGA tour card? He never had one to resign or be suspended from like the other players. So I am right sort of curious about that and and don't want to hate on any young player who maybe even in his head is looking at that path. Like I'm going to get paid to do this and there'll still be plenty of time for me to chase PGA tour, Ryder cup, all that stuff. Yeah. But this protects my family for life right now in, in case I'm Norman's young. Yeah. Just as a, an example, you know, and Chikara, you're not overstating it saying that he is a Ryder cup player. I remember when we were watching him and talking with him, like we were thinking this kid is that good. I mean, he is going to be that special. Um, So like, do they know, like, do they, do the players who've like the rookies, the college kids that we, we, we agree are the saddest ones to probably see leave because of the future impact. I feel like it's been less clear to me what sort of recourse the PGA can have if they've never even been a member. I think it's got to be cleaner and more in Chikara's favor from that standpoint. And now he was number two, I think, in PGA Tour University. He was up there, right? So he yeah. was going to be part of that. And I know the tour put in some stuff from that standpoint as well to slow this down of live cherry picking from that. I don't know exactly the details of that, but I do know there was some literature put into the PGA Tour University aspect and how that works in graduation up into professional golf, and the PGA tour chain. Now <clears throat> he's eliminated himself from all of that. Right. As I understand, he's not going to finish. He's not going back to college for a senior year, which he was going to do. So he's eliminated himself from PGA tour university to your point. He's never been a member of the PGA tour. So you would have to think that as this plays out, he is in a better position, right. To be able to go to Q school one day, like if live folded right. in two years, that's why right. couldn't he yeah. be allowed to go into Q school? He never was a member to be suspended or kicked out of Q school. That's right. So I think he's in a position to do that. But with that said, I hate it because, you know, I want to watch Shikara. Yeah. This July in, in the United States, selfishly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And again, it's like, <laughs> Really, I guess in the end, just comes back to being a, like, it's just the overall situation. I'm sad because I'm a spoiled yeah. North American sports fan right. who like, I don't cheer for the sport, like the sport where Messi and Neymar only played in big competitions versus each other. That's not the sport I cheered for. Right. Or I cheer for. And I don't like that. Not yeah. to say I don't watch or care about soccer. I don't want to turn that into that. I just, I like the leagues, the leagues I am a fan of seemingly all have the best players play. That's where they all want to play. The concept mm-hmm. of playing anywhere else is, is like beyond comprehension. Um, but that's not happening in golf. And, and Travis, what do you, I'll say this maybe from a betting perspective, this is important to me as it pertains to live these stories that the money, the purses they win are just going against their guarantees. Like, have you been seeing that 
um, is very confusing and would affect any sort of like I was under the impression every live event was like East Lake of the FedEx Cup, where you essentially got a balloon payment uh, mm -hmm. and then you got your individual purse payment. There are some rumblings out there that the purses in the events just go against the guarantee. They're not double dips. I don't I don't think we know the answer to that because I've heard both sides of the story. Now, um, I would say based off of what I've been told, it doesn't work against it. But now in some of the rumors that I've been reading um, that there has been from more than one source that it does go against it. So I think there's a little bit of a mixed bag there. I've been trying to actually get a little more to the bottom of that. And I don't think I have that definitive answer to you. Um, now, would I be surprised if the backing where the money's coming from is being a little shady on that? I mean, I don't think that would surprise anybody, right? As far as how that's going to play out. But that is a very interesting point um, in, in how that will play out from a, um, yeah, that's a big deal, right? Because if I, if Charles Schwartzel makes $4 million to win the event or 4.75 with the team event, and he was guaranteed 20. Okay. Now does he, is that 4.75 working against his 20 or is that 4.75 in addition to his 20? That's, that's the question at hand here. So yeah, there's, there's going to be, look, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It might be, but as things go down, Oh, wait a minute. You know, that water's kind of warm in that, uh, um, in that cooler over there. Can we get some colder water out here? Like little things start to come about and it's not as, it's not as green. And, and I think there's, I'll, I'll finish with this. And then we got to move on to the John Deere. Here, here's what pisses me off the most about this and why I think it's just horrible for the professional game. I think Jeff, we are already out of position right now as we sit here and talk today that a player is taking money over playing in major championships. And that's a sad place to be. Now I'm not saying that's the case. I think the major championships, I don't think they're going to leave them out. I don't. Um, but they're going to have to make that decision. But if they did, and they said, look, you can't play in the masters. If you're part of the live event, you've got guys right now that have taken the money that they'll be like, okay, I'm okay with that. That's a problem. I do agree. I am somewhat of the hopeful mindset that the masters will honor their champions exemptions, but make it nearly impossible for <laughs> new people yeah. to get in. Like, That's I don't think they there. want the fight of kicking out past champions, but I think they'll do everything in their power, I hope, to make sure non-qualified players um, have as an impossible a road into that tournament as, as humanly imaginable. Right. Because I don't know how do they quantify if a guy's ranked 40th in the world today and he has a mediocre lived season, how do you quantify, like, where do you draw the yeah. line? Like, right. how do you quantify the line? Because mm -hmm. I like to say maybe, you know, people like to say I pick on Brooks. Well, he doesn't have the master's exemptions. He's got a handful of PGA and U.S. Open ones, and he's earned them, and they should never, ever be taken away from him. I believe they should never be taken away from him. But right. at some point with how he's played in the last two years, Travis, his world ranking, like – like we saw it with Spieth. Like once you lose the, uh, like, cause it's on the timeline. Like once your good timeline starts to disappear, you can tumble really quick mm -hmm. and he is going to face that quick tumble. So right now he's 20. What happens when he's 35, 40 and like has one top, if he has one top five live finish in these like weird events, how does Augusta go and quantify what that's worth? Yeah. A lot of oh, questions. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of questions there. Um, the master's ruling will be significant. All right. And they must love the pat. Like the, the fact that the masters in some ways holds the future of the PGA tour in their <laughs> hand. They must, yeah. they must love the power. Like they always yeah. love the power they hold. They must be like drooling at the position. This has found themselves in because of mm -hmm. all this. Right. Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee only roasts top-quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. All right. Quad City DJs. 
TPC Deer Run, John Deere Classic. Um, I played this golf course. Do you remember when Michelle Wee played this and she had heat exhaustion? Actually, it was so hot. Um, this was back in the early 2000s, I believe. And I played this course the next day, right after that tournament, on a Monday. We come rolling in. We had a traveling show. <laughs> and we roll in. It's the Monday morning after a deer run and, and uh, or John Deere Classic. And we say, hey, can we jump out there? And, of course, we had some connections. They were like, no problem. Go play it. Sunday pins. Go knock yourself out. We had a blast. It was awesome on Monday playing that golf course just like it was set up on Sunday. It was sweet. Um, and it was like 170 <laughs> that day. It was so damn hot. And so that course I've played it a couple of times and, and, and we've seen it on TV. Um, you know, Jeff got, you know, pretty generous fairways. Yeah. Uh, you know, very receptive greens, you know, not, I remember playing like the golf. I've played a lot of TPCs and tournament golf. Like the greens are pretty vanilla. Um, there's not a lot of movement to them. Um, you can clean up, you can have some great putting weeks here. Um, but also just the fact how long the damn rough was. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like the rough was just ridiculous and it usually is, but it's pretty playable. So it's, they kind of, they navigate it pretty well. Um, but it's pretty generous off the tee and you're going to see a lot of birdies here. Of course, 2021 Lucas Glover uh, won it. He's played well here in the past 2019 Dylan Fratelli had a long shot in 2018. Michael Kim DeChambeau. We talked about him. He won it here in 2017. Let's just get right into it here because look, I, I found myself doing the normal things that I do every single week, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to play some names that I, I like this week and that I tend to kind of gravitate towards a little bit. I like their games, like they're a decent fit. And I'm just going to roll with some, some guys that, uh, that I like this week, because let's face it, anything can happen this week. Can it? I mean, Adam had one 10 to one Webb Simpson, 12 to one, as much as I love where Webb's going now, Christian Bezaden, hot 20 McCarthy, 22 Charles Howell, 22. Thagala 25, Mav McNeely 25. I mean, get me excited, will you, about something there up top? Okay, it's hard for me to get you excited about anything at the top. So, but I will say to the point you're making, a lot of us sort of acknowledge weeks like this, sort of, you know, no disrespect to any players. They all they're tour cards, they're stars in my mind. Uh, you know, like Brian Gay's a legend to me, you know, 20 years doing what you do. Yep. But this is the week you you play your your proverbial losers. Like if there's a guy you like and you believe him, believe in him, and you don't bet him this week, you should probably right. never bet him. Like, like ever. Like if right. you don't believe in a guy enough to bet him this week, then I don't know why on earth you could bet him at any other event ever. <laughs> in, true. in some respect. So um sometimes I I think that's gonna be a cheaper week. And then you get to the point where, um, yeah, I don't know. You've been a consortium of losers cheaper. Cause like the lowest, the shortest bet I made was at 40, which allows me a little more uh, money to, to sort of sprinkle down the board. But yeah, it's the play your guys. If you ever believed in a guy, uh, this is your time, your time to play them. Um, I, I would not be anyone you could bet anybody. I would not besmirch anyone's betting pick. That's another. You yeah. can't make fun of other people's picks this week either. Anyone's okay. allowed. Okay, so I'll start. Okay, because so people that listen to me, um, they know that I've been touting Adam Svensson. Okay, so I'm going to start with him. 55 to 1. That's my boy. Yeah. Um, I've just been milking him along. Top 20s. Um. Uh, and, you know, sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't. He was T18 here a couple years ago. Uh, his, his, his nice driver of the ball, great putting or great iron game last week at the Travelers 25th. His putter is starting to wake up. Adam Svensson is going to win the John Deere Classic at 55 to 1. Now, let me just give you something to, to, to watch out for with Svensson, okay? And I know a lot about his game. Um, 
and and just been following him. He he's intriguing to me. I think he's got a high ceiling. I think he's finding his way on the PGA tour. And you look at his finishes, they're just steadily getting better. But watch out if he's there late on a Sunday with a four footer. Watch out. Because you might see, you might see kind of what you saw with Lexi. I don't know. It's in there, but it's just watch out. That's why you got to be careful with Adam. Uh, this is his week. I can feel it in my soul. I hope you're right, Travis. Uh, I We didn't speak about this pre anything. I have bet Svensson this week, a good Canadian boy. There you go. Anytime, anytime you're tracking Svensson, it's like eight feet for birdie. Doesn't make all of them, but yep. if you know they come in bunches, hopefully we can make enough to contend. I know exactly what you mean about those four footers. He could go, f- he could go full Varner from four feet, and oh. not even touch the cup. Oh. Like not even touch the cup from four feet. It's in him. Uh, that's part of the game. You also said something else that I am really sticking with this week, and maybe it can burn me. Any decision that I have to make this week, I am leaning with the unknown ceiling of a Svensson. Yes. Type, um, if you're going farther down the board, like the unknown ceiling of a kid or a guy I believe in, I would much rather make that outright bet than I'm going to name some names. And if they win, it'll be embarrassing. And I don't mean just like I'm armor streelman, like the, the, the journeyman veteran. Like I, I feel like I know what you're capable of. That's not to mean yeah. like they can't spike, but I'm so much more attracted to the unknown ceiling of some of these players than you know, counting on a Streelman eclipse to happen for lack of a better term <laughs> at the same number. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let me give you another name and then, then, then you give me one. Well, let me, let me just take a step back on this veteran train. If I had to pick a veteran train, okay. On the Streelman yeah, discussion. Losers, I still want people to play their losers. So that over yeah, yeah. supersedes my, my follow-up point of I'm playing younger guys. Play your losers. If you've been betting on Ryan R- or Shazrevi, play them. Play them. Don't. Took him That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. That's exactly who I was just going to say. Is that was? I'm, I'm not a Reevee guy usually, but I, you know, I I can see it. For I mean, forty five to one. Am I excited about that? No, but um, I could see Reevee. He's he's starting to. He's playing. He's playing well. He's playing. Starting to put some some things together here. I can see him come in here. This type of field. And, and clip one off. So, you know, on that narrative, I would throw Reevy in there, but on the high ceiling narrative to go with the Svensson pick, I would then give you 110-1 Austin Smotherman. Yeah, exactly. Total. Like Smotherman, up Buckley, like in that range, I'm so much more inclined to, again, play that younger ceiling than my Vaughn Taylor or Dylan Wu at the same number. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally, totally uh, agree with that uh, aspect of it. 100%. Real quick on Smotherman. I think from a, from a ball striking standpoint, he could be the best ball striker in the field. Ooh. I, like I think from an off-the-tee approach game, he is, he's right there. If he's not the best, I'll put him, I'll put him as a top five. Um, now, his, look, now, Smothers and Smotherman's clunky a little around the green and he's not a world-class putter yet. So it's now, I don't think you need to be, you just can't be a dog around the greens here. Um, you need opportunities. If you need to chip this week, you're probably losing anyway. Like you're not going to get lapped. Yeah. Like if you need to rely on your short game, you're outside of that par three, third shot layup that Ryan Moore like sticks to two feet. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to be contending at all if you are required to, to be saving pars. Oh yeah. You're going to get lapped here with, if you're, if you're where I was when I played it, trying to get it up and down out of this hay, you know? And, and so I think Smotherman likes Vincent. He's going to have a lot of looks. Um, Look, and now you're rolling the dice on the putt luck, right? You need to have a great putting week. We know that here. You got to make some putts. Let's have one Smotherman and let's get that first win. If not you, Svensson, um, that's, those are the two, those are my two guys, right? That I'm going to, that I'm running with. Do you have a guy that you would kind of fit that category at the high ceiling that you like this week? Well, I've, um, on the low end, I've played Cameron Davis 40, okay. 45 to one. I just like a lot 
of uh, of what I am seeing right now from from Cam Davis. I have bet on uh, John Ha at sixty six to one. Uh, just a lot of things, in my opinion, coming together there as well. From the um, the longer shot in the ceiling angle, I've bet Sam Ryder. 125 to one his approach and putting stats are starting to really come around at a field that will be incredibly conducive to that so that is sort of where my mind is looking um at a long shot right now i think Goderup is is interesting as well i've talked a lot about him he's been on the podcast um in the past he university of oklahoma kid um, 43rd at the U S open 35th at the travelers. You know, this is the kind of, this is the kind of player that we're talking about, like a Chikar, right? Like we, we want to see the player, I think in July and I'm intrigued by him. You know, how good of a pro is Goderup going to be? He's long. Uh, I think his iron game is solid. So we'll, we'll have to see how that translates. Um, I'm not over the top gung-ho about him you know maybe because i'm i've been kind of caught up with chikara's game and and seeing it up close um but i think he is someone that i I think i would look for him to make the cut and see if he can get in contention on sunday and see how um he responds to that right pj tour event late on a sunday and see how he responds you look at like recent trends coming in i don't really i'm not putting a lot of stock into that here this week we've seen some guys come in here really not in great form and, and play well. And I think on those lines, the guy that scares the shit out of me the most is probably Maverick McNeely up top there at 25 to one. I mean, that's the guy that hasn't been playing that well as of late, but we know he can go right. We've seen him and he can get up there. He's going to give himself a lot of opportunities. I think from the favorites standpoint, if I had to throw a little money up there, I think the short as I would go is McNeely at 25. Yeah, I like McNeely. I've bet McNeely a lot this year, and that's almost you kind of just alluded to it. Like I was betting him too much where where I was forced to like really stare at the stats and the results, and they actually weren't nearly as good as I had been perceiving they were. So he's not playing as well as I had hoped, but I am one of those people that definitely <coughs> believe in him and his game. So uh Patrick Rogers as well. Near the top, his number has come down. He contended here the year Bryson won. Um, you know, he it seems like he's consistently at least showing up at one moment in golf tournaments. Um, you know, had that nice US Open until, you know, a bit of a disaster on Saturday and continued, I think, to play pretty decent. Uh, so I don't mind I mind him. But again, at an event like this, uh, Travis it's a psychological battle because Adam mm-hmm. Svensson, you know, I was talking to someone earlier who also likes sense like bet him last week at like 210 to one, but Patrick Rogers last week at like 150. So <laughs> it's like, you're so used to getting to play these guys in such a different context that to then have to double click on them at 30 to one, like you, you know, it takes a bit, like you're just mentally got to get over it. That being said, there have been so many times, there have been horrible field events like this where me and the people I talk to be like, I really like that guy, but I don't yeah. want to bet him at 28 to one. That just does not work for me. And then, you know, Russell Henley has the best Houston Open and you're like so mad that you just, who cares that you can normally get him at 100? There's a different event, like different variables. But yeah, it's all, it's all, um, part of it and one big tip i'd like to give this weekend yeah with the live betting now i'm okay. it's canada day this week which is exciting we have a long weekend i'm gonna be up north you guys have your birthday in in uh, the following weekend i believe um yep. but tournaments like this travis the live betting operations the the names aren't big enough for them to know anything i'm telling right. you friday night as like a guy in that late wave Friday comes in is posting a score late Saturday morning guy getting off to that great move. The books are going to have stale numbers. There's going to be a player who the guys running the books have never heard of that you respect. That is like doing something you see normally like in normal events with the live betting, they have their, 
the guys running the system, they're like hawked on like eight to 12 players. That guy hits it to 12 feet. The number drops instantly because they're the best players. And the players in this field are literally the players that it takes them making three birdies in a row for the sports book to even notice they're playing at the moment. So I assure you, you are going to find um, if your timing is right, some really, really nice live opportunities this week on some stale numbers on a, on a player. The books just, they just don't know, like they don't know and they don't respect the player, but you're, you're far more familiar with them than they are. Yeah. I think it's a good point. Um, This field more than any other, probably until the next three events too, it'll be the same way, unfortunately on the PGA probably. Yeah. 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 I would go, you know, I, I find myself really, you know, I've already given you Svensson at 55, smothering at 110. All right, I'll go as low as McNeely. The other guy that is intriguing to me is Stallings. Um, I like to feel like we had a little something to do with last week. Had him on the pod Wednesday, goes out and finishes eighth. Had to get on him a little bit. He went out and responded. <laughs> um, and it's kind of feast or famine with with Stallings right now, too. He, he's He's kind of a consistent lately here, lately here. Like he's been really putting up some pretty special stuff with his irons. And um, so, all right, certainly this experience here, like you just need that, like, okay, hit the ball like that. A lot of opportunities. Give me positive 7.5 in the approach game and, and have a great putting week. Okay. You know, Stallings would be another one. I think, you know, at the bottom end, 35 to one ish that uh, that I would throw out there and then you know back to the bombers as we kind of get into the hundreds here let's have some fun here how do you I mean having played the course because you look at the past history doesn't like scream bombers at all it's like the no. Zach Johnson Steve Stricker profile even the Bryson yeah. win was like baby Bryson pre yeah pre-transformation Bryson where it was wedges and irons and and you know do you see like the ability of a cam champ or even a Patrick Rogers to like bomb and gouge um, a course like this? I don't think this is the place. It's never seemingly shows up in the winner's circle. I don't think this is the place. Although Rogers was second here, wasn't he? I think, or second or the year Bryson won. He can, he contended. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think this is a bomber's paradise by any stretch. Now, can you get hot and bomb? Can you, I mean, can you have a little bit of an advantage? Of course. I mean, driving is always a driving distance. It always has some advantage, but I don't, I'm not factoring that in at all this week yeah. at all. I mean, it's, it's get the ball in play, generous fairways. And let's, let's, let's go to work with the irons and let's have a great putting week on these bent grass grades. Right. It's kind of, I don't, it's kind of vanilla, Jeff, you know, it's a, it's the course is, one of my least favorite TPCs. Um, it's visually it's, pretty boring on, t- well, I don't, shouldn't say that, but I, f- I find you can get confused. Uh, this one, Twin Cities, a lot of like the Midwest TPCs all look the same to me. And that yeah. someone out there is probably like, you're so wrong. And they're probably right. Cause I've actually never been to any of them, but they all just like, if you took away the John Deere signage, I would guess like any of these Midwestern TPCs that I'm looking at. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. 125 to 1, Lee Hodges. Ooh, that's uh, that I'll give you that one too. Um, solid in the approach game, gives himself a lot of looks, decent putter, solid five to ten feet. Um, that's another that's that's another one of my guys here, Lee Hodges. Um, that I'll give you this week, and you look at his recent form. Uh, 25th at the Travelers, nice putting week, hit the ball well, hit the ball very well in Canada, struggled with his driver. His driver probably is not a great driver of the ball, but he's not a dog either. 
you know, and I'm kind of, I, I, I think I'm trending a little bit on giving up as I look at some of my models and picks, I'm giving up a little bit around the greens here um, to get more looks. And then, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, look, Lee Hodges, look, if, if, if Lee Hodges hits the ball like he did in Canada and putts like he did at the Travelers, he wins. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, got to <laughs> put it all together. I, absolutely. Here's the place to do it. Yeah. No, there are a bunch of guys. And here's the thing, as you could debate you from a betting perspective, Travis, you could honestly look at all those guys that are in the forties and say pretty much everyone that's 60, 70, 80 has the exact same win equity, win probability at double the number, mm-hmm. um, which is, I couldn't maybe debate some of those head to head points, but um you know, there's a reason, I guess the books know who people like to bet on. So we're obviously seeing guys like, uh, you know, Rogers and, and Mav and some of those guys being, being squeezed, but you can make cases that those guys, 70, 80 have just the exact same win probability as all the guys people are looking to bet in the thirties and forties. You know, another guy that I tend to gravitate towards a little bit, we haven't seen him since the players is Pendrith, another Canadian. Um, yes. And he's back and he was playing nice golf before, uh, you know, a 13th at the players. I mean, that's heady stuff. This doesn't feel like the best that's spot Canadian, for him. Travis. Yes. Uh, Benson, Pendrith. Oh, I know. Yeah. I've got him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, shit. And Hadwin's the favorite Corey Connors. He's not in the field. Pender's um, a bit of a gamble in the sense that it's just yeah. his first event out of injury. Yeah. But I think the 80 to ones that I'm seeing are really fair number. And if he yeah. is healthy, I think people who, who do invest in him being it in placings or DFS are going to be quite, quite pleased with Pendrith this week. Like you, I am. Um, I've been circling around him a bit. Yeah. I'll probably lay off him, but I am excited to watch him start playing again. And, you know, I'm now I'm now I'm going down here and I, you know, I, mean, I don't he, withdrew from the, he withdrew from the Canadian open. So he was obviously dealing with something pretty significant. Yeah. 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 It feels, it feels too early and it doesn't feel like the best place for him. I mean, you know, cause he can, that dude can get on it with his driver. Um, gosh, you know, I mean, you just, you start saying some of these names out loud, right? I'll tell you. I keep, as I keep, as I'm funneling through, you know, I've looked at these, some of these models and other things like a thousand times. And then I'm then pretty sure I I start thinking I'm seeing things, Mm -hmm. Um, but I I keep coming back to Ramey. I don't know why. And, and I just feel like Ramey is a guy that I'll, I will play as a top 20 for sure. Um, as we start looking into that, what is he? 150, I believe he is somewhere in there. Yeah. It's a young guy playing to the ceiling. 150 to one. That's I a think pretty- Ramey would probably, con- would probably appreciate a little tighter landing areas off the tee. Um, but Ramey's a bit of a plotter and you know, he won a Corrales, right? I guess similar type of field. Um, he won on the corn Ferry tour in Maine. I don't know. I spent a little time with Ramey up at Hilton head. Just got to know him and learning about his game. Solid wedge player. I think you get a lot of those hundred and 125 yard shots. 125, one. I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to be talked off him a little bit. I'm going to play him as a top 20, but I, if he wins his second PGA tour event this week at 150 and I don't have it, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I got to ask, what are your thoughts on Stricker this week? Cause I know I made my play to ceiling young yeah. over the, yeah. but like Stricker's a totally different animal um, playing well on champions. We've seen Phil turn that into a major win last year at, at a course that would be total. That will be totally conducive for him to just 
I don't want to say blitz the field, but post as good of a number as anybody, literally. Yeah. I mean, he made the cut. Um, he make, Let's see. He made the cut. Did he make the cut last year? Like, who would you yeah. rather, like a head-to-head he Stricker versus Zach Johnson? Like, where do you lean? Stricker. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> yep. I would go Stricker. He did make the cut last year. He finished 41st. Finished second last week at the U.S. Open. Um, yeah, great. Made a run at Padraig. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I could see him easily. I could. <sighs> I'm not going. All right. I could, I'll, I'll go make the cut, but I don't think I'd stop there. Yeah, that's fine. I think I think I think I would I think I would stop there. But I would definitely take Stricker over Zach. I wonder how much I wonder. I wonder if Liv just to see how much Zach Johnson would say no, how much they offered him. <laughs> cause, they, Cause you know, Zach's not going right. Yeah, no, no chance. Just to see like, you know, like they had their meetings and they're like, Hey, let's take Zach and let's just see how much we can actually, cause this is the kind of money they have, right? Let's just see how much we could throw on him. Cause you know, he's going to say no. Right. So let's go a hundred mil. Oh, Zach, 100 mil. I'll wire it tonight. You in? We need you to be on the policy board, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Wouldn't Wouldn't you love to know what has been turned down? Oh, I. Yeah, I mean, you you assume it has to flirt with what has been accepted on certain levels, but then you've also heard stories from, you know, like you can't really believe anything the guys say, you know, as you've mentioned, it has kind of been proven, Travis, because as people have told me even firsthand that every time they turn down an offer, very often the offer just comes back bigger. So when you publicly say, no, I'm out, that's not for me. That's almost part of the agent's plan for the player. You know, as as the offer comes in bigger, and that's another thing that people very close to it, the agents, you think the wives are putting pressure on the players to take the money? That agent and his cut is being Ruth, like must be putting so much pressure on some of these players to take that money for their interests. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's fascinating. Um, it really is. Mountain, they go head to head this week. PGA Tour live on their own homeland. Never thought I'd see it. Never thought and, I'd see. It. I, I I knew I would see. You know, the exemptions are given and the releases to go play overseas, but never in the United States, right? Unless if it's a made for TV, like a Capital One, the match, whatever or they call that. Like, okay, I get that, but. Never did I, never in my lifetime did I think in the United States that I would see an opposite field professional event against the PGA Tour. And here we are this week, the John Deere Classic. And then you've got the Live Invitation. They don't even have a damn name for these tournaments. Like, what is the name of it? Portland. They don't have a name. It's literally the name. The name of yeah. it is Live Portland. Can you imagine um, having so much money that you're like, you know what, guys? We're not even going to name our tournaments. Just show up. We're going to have a singles game. Uh, we're going to have a team competition. And just we'll let you know when the shotgun starts. Okay. But now I got to ask you this because <laughs> I might put you in a pretzel here, Travis. Because right, I put myself in the pretzel. Like, because <laughs> holistically, we're very much aligned. I think like, I think we've seen much of this the same way and you see it so much deeper than I do because you have, you know, decades of, of, you know, relationships, um, you know, in that area and, and, and with people fully affected with the tour, mm-hmm. but holistically, like I've said, you know, live is like this big budget blockbuster movie with an expensive cast that has no plot, no story. I don't care. Show me an indie, show me that indie movie with like whatever that like is amazing and getting the buzz that's what would interest me more so in the golf context we would say you know that is essentially pick two young players like nick hardy battling svensson sahith mcneely for the title holistically i want to say mcneely versus sahith will have me so much more than portland 
Brooks or Bryson V Reed. Like holistically, I want to believe like I will be so much more entertained by Sahith versus versus McNeely for a finish over what I'm saying they could provide. But I don't know that that's true. They could maybe like no. there's a finish that maybe like I say, oh my god, I want to watch that. <laughs> Like, I don't know. They have names that, like, could do that to me. So, well, holistically, I think I'm, like, more into Corn Fairy battle than whatever Liv is offering. I don't know when it's actually happening where I'll be, and I'm self-aware enough to almost admit that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's fair, and I would tend to agree. If I'm being completely honest with myself, and if it's Brooks and Bryson in the final group, I mean, you're not watching that? Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're lying, right? Exactly. Or re- anything, the bad guy, like there's just so many layers to it where, yeah, yeah I, I'm self-aware enough to acknowledge I might yeah. be wrong on my holistic belief of where I might be in that situation. I, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's, I I'm with you. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to be watching some, am I fully invested in it? Like a PGA tour event? No, but it is the John Deere classic. And I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier in the beginning, as we go into July, this is a real, this is a, this is going to be a tough stretch for the tour here. Like what's happening here in the Midwest with these events and Chikara leaving is as little as name as he is to most of my audience who they knows him some, he's been on the podcast too, but like that's, that hurts, you know, because I, you know, those are some names that you can. You don't have to know Chikara. Like you don't have to know Chikara's name to understand the significance of the number two college player leaving. Right. Like right. you don't have to be familiar with him or his game to appreciate how significant that right. move is in the landscape of where this thing could be going. Right. Right. And then, and then, okay. It's the John Deere. And then it's, Okay, crap. Now we got this again in Detroit and then it's a little bit better in the 3M and it's, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, like really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, that you start to lose interest, right? Um, that fringe, that fringe, uh, you know, client of the PGA Tour, it's, uh, it, it starts to fade away a little bit with other interests, especially if on my phone, it's Brooks and Bryson. as big a pain as the ass they both are they're interesting yeah and you know so that it has value and look we could we could continue to to beat it up for for hours on end and where this is gonna where this is gonna play out but to answer your question to finish the pod yeah I'll, i'll be watching and i'm gonna go watch what i feel like is the most interesting at that moment in time when i have some spare time Some would argue, like choice is great like what's wrong with you have two choices of watching yeah. two young guys play for their first win or watching these two guys whose personalities we know through the roof in this big money exhibition like i don't know there's choices many would say choices is, is great um i mean what's yeah. the perfect scenario in the john deere right now on a sunday i think you have to say thegala that's number one he is to me in this field the most polarizing yeah um to your point on tagala like my wife is a total normie golf fan obviously it's on tv a lot in my house Mm -hmm. so she could know a few players she is like she every she's very enamored with him yeah Um, yeah so he comes off the tv and hits people differently it feels like than most of the players we experience so yeah tagala and i don't know whether it would be two young players or even to say like the tagala versus jason day and like his road back, is they even in the open? I, I assume not, Travis. I don't think he is. No, no, like he's not. that. Like that whole, your career is never over. As guys who are bottoming out, like Jason, have moved to take the money. Kind of look like I don't know. I don't know whether it's two young guys or like one of them versus a day type guy. Um, I think can make for really cool TV. By the way, I'm pretty out on Jason Day this week. Uh, um, if you win, I'll be happy for him, though, like a lot of people. Uh, if he has a great week, he's an easy guy for me to cheer for. But I'm, like, fading him from betting in DFS. Totally. It's got to be absolutely maddening coaching him, going through some of the changes that he has made to protect his back. And the guy just can't. He's just not a good iron player. Never has been. Even back in his number one heyday, 
just, you know, it, it was right kind of in the beginning of the distance era, perhaps, right? When yeah. he was the man and um, he was long enough, but he was just, he would wear you out with the wedges and the putter and he would do just enough with his iron game. Now it's a completely different game. I mean, I just don't get it. Like the guy, I've talked about this many times. Like I just, I want his iron. How do you consistently lose four, five, always in approach, always. Um, and then yet a magician with this wedge, we know he can putt and his driver is okay. It's slightly better than average. Um, I don't know. Jason Day maddening to me. There's I don't want to pick on this might seem like I'm picking on Day because it's probably really unfair. And he's had really an incredible career when you compare it to 99% of anybody. But I've heard multiple people who are like more connected with golf or inner circle than I am say him deciding or allowing his wife to have them live in Ohio probably cost him one major. Yeah. Is that fair? I mean, that, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like interesting. if you showed a level of com- commitment to family, which is yeah. great and life balance. And if you know, Jason's backstory, yeah, he had a hellish childhood and just making yep. it like, and being what he has is one of the greatest stories we know on tour. So I, I feel silly saying the, pulling any string but it does feel like something was left on the table um maybe even by injury and some of it maybe by his own personal personal choice but that you could argue that personal choice is to be a better husband and father and i'm not going to call that one but i guess yeah yeah i think date is balanced right in his life um and you don't get the feeling that golf i think there was a period where when he was the man, number one player in the world, winning a major, um, Jason Day's won what twelve times? PGA yeah. Tour? Well, he had like six in one year. It felt yeah, like. I mean, he's, it's it's yeah. I mean, he was the man, right? And he was thin. You know, he had. You remember how he was just fit and like golf was his every day, all day. Um, and you kind of grow out of that with a lot of kids and your family, and your wife has an opinion. <laughs> Your wife has an opinion on where you want to be and what you should be doing at that moment. And um, so it must be harder to grind when you accomplish that. I mean, everyone's yeah. differently, but I can Thank so you. see how life and grinding to win golf tournaments becomes so much harder once you achieve everything you wanted to achieve and the game's already given you everything. And now you have 150 million in the bank. Can you imagine how hard it's going to be for those guys to go out and grind? I mean, the, the, the play, there's going to be some erosion in play. There just has to be like, these guys aren't grinding the same way. They're not playing for something outside of the almighty dollar. They're not playing for competition in these things. I mean, the, the juices will get going, but I just think, I just think there'll be some erosion. I, I do over a course of time when you're playing eight events and you've already got that much money in the bank. Like it's just, it's just human nature. I mean, shit, it's human nature. I talked about this yesterday. It's human nature to have a five shot lead and just feel like all of a sudden now you're behaving in a way that's different that got you the five shot lead. And we just, as human beings gravitate back to the pack right? You know, every, every golfer is, is most golfers are better as chasers, right? They play freer and they go. And then all of a sudden NG Chun's got a five shot lead, which is, she comes back to the pack. Padraig Harrington, five shot lead. What's he do? Comes back to the pack. Xander Shoffley, four shot lead. What's he do? He's got to come back to the pack, right? So it's like, it's hard just even in that aspect, let alone when you start clipping away nine, 10, 11 wins like day. And all of a sudden now your DJ with 21 and you got 150 in the bank. Like, how do you get up and you know what? I think I'm going to go chip and putt psych. Hey, start the boat. Yeah. And you're just confident enough in yourself. Like oh, one or two of the weeks I'll spike like right. on the course. I'll be exactly. like, I'm good enough to blindly spike. Like DJ can easily tell himself that. And it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Like I need to grind. I know I'll spike one or two weeks in the year and that'll make, take care of everything. I think that we should have odds on how quickly chase Kepka. Um, is eliminated from the, the field at LIV because it's it's getting closer, isn't it? Yeah, well, you wonder like what <laughs> what layers that is. I even make the joke like I feel like by Christmas Pat Perez could be the highest paid rules official on earth. 
like if it keeps going in a certain direction you know <laughs> like they're gonna find jobs for these guys i assume like Pat Perez is announcing players off the first tee come christmas he'll be on live live yeah exactly i, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know i don't know but um yeah you 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 wonder uh but i will say this despite all like the live it can come off as bashing and a lot of yeah. it is I'm not one of these people that won't give them their wins. Oh. They're, they're, they're teeing it up for the second time this week, Travis, with yep. field that has those names. People at Riviera and the Masters were saying it's dead before it started. Those are literally mainstream publication headlines. To not be able to acknowledge these putting events one and two off as wins for live, yeah. you're living in a bubble that's so crazy. So... Like I'm pro PGA tour, but I do like to not acknowledge when live has wins as wins you're, you're being naive yep. and ridiculous as well. Yeah. I think it's well said. I think you have to be, especially when you're in the business. Like I said, I talk about with my wife, like, look, I don't have to agree with it, but I'm going to be open-minded about it. And I'm going to be honest about it. And I'm going to talk about the wins that they have. And I'm going to talk about the tournaments. Now I don't think it's quite to the point of the discussion that we just had, with John Deere, but I do think it's certainly heading that way. And I'm going to be open-minded to where, all right, two, three years, two, three years from now, God forbid, if that's the only tournament we're talking about, well, that's, that's what it is. I love golf. I'm willing to swallow my pride and move forward based off of that. So anyway, that's that Jeff. Great discussion. That was fun, man. Um, Anytime. We'll uh, we'll, let's do it again during the playoffs. How about that? When we have some, Some, yeah, uh, any anytime hit me up hit me up in the side but we'll throw down again all the best travis appreciate you man enjoy your uh, vacation and the best with that leg and get out there on that golf course thank you man later all right